Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, your host tonight, and I am down a co-host tonight, Clint Richardson. He has somewhat of a good excuse to be away from this special episode we're doing out of season for men's basketball. He did just you know, have a little thing called a wedding, uh, so he is now away enjoying some well-deserved time off with his new beautiful bride, Autumn. So congratulations to them. But there's a big topic in Auburn men's basketball that we cannot ignore. And that means that you guys don't want to hear me just talk about it this entire time and just ramble on to myself. Well, that means I have to find someone to sit in with me on this episode. And unfortunately, all the other people that I called said no. So I've been stuck with one individual that we've gotten to know very well here on the ETC Network. He's part of the Hitchcock Hecklers show for Auburn baseball on the network. Mr. Chandler Fullman, you finally made it onto the Inside the Jungle show, sir. I don't care what you say. I'm way better than Clint. <laughs> I think that's up for debate, and he's not here to defend himself, sir. So I think Ex- uh, exactly, he's not here to defend himself. So that's that's going to work, okay? So <laughs> we're just going to go with I'm the better co-host. Well, see, this is a different format from you because you kind of play the role of main host or kind of the directional host in y'all's show. Now you've got to sit back and you're at the whims of me now. So how does this feel? Um, I'm sure I'll interrupt you plenty of times. So. <laughs> As always, you wouldn't be Chandler Fullman if you didn't interrupt a few times with things that you've got to say, names you want to drop and things like that. So exactly. uh, I'm I'm intrigued at how this is going to go tonight. But, uh, you know, honestly, when I was thinking of names, just, just to be completely serious here, names that I, I, I might want to have this conversation with, you were in the list of names. However, you were still at the bottom of that list. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that's okay. At least I was on the list of names. Well, you know, it it is what it is, and you're here, and that's all that matters now. So let's uh, stop uh, insulting each other and get straight into it here. Our topic for this special episode um, is going to be the NBA draft, and it's not something that we've gotten to talk about as Auburn fans, Auburn men's basketball fans, for quite some time with any real significance. Now, we've had players that have... in past seasons and even in the Bruce Perler that have kind of flirted with being able to maybe be drafted, maybe be considered for free agent deals. We've definitely had a lot of players that um, have gone overseas and had some success. Uh, you know, Kenny Gabriel is one that comes to mind. Kervatni Barber is another one. Um, so Auburn has been able to put players into professional careers past their time at Auburn, just not so much in the NBA of late. And so, Chandler, I guess let's open up this discussion here before we get into some history about Auburn in the NBA and the draft as well. What is your opinion of Auburn 
basketball in terms of getting them to the next level as of this moment? Well, I think Auburn is in very good position um, now that we have Coach Bruce Pearl um, at Auburn. But before this year, um, it was just difficult because, I mean, mainly because Auburn basketball was so bad. Um, I mean, you had a player or two, but uh, they never really made it to the NBA because, I mean, potentially, in my opinion, they didn't have enough time on TV to pr- show that they were um, worthy of the NBA. Right. And I, I think that's a pr- pr- uh, potential big cause of things. But now we have Coach Pearl, and we also, I think, a big factor is we have the SEC network that's really come along in the last two or three years. And I think both of those have helped progress um, not only Auburn basketball, but college basketball in the SEC as a whole. You know, there's two good points that I hadn't really thought of there. It's a really interesting angle that you took on that. It's not so much that it's just Auburn basketball wasn't in the spotlight. uh, spotlight. It really was that the SEC really hasn't been into the spotlight until recently. Uh, Think about, like you just said, the SEC network is now in prominence. Uh, Pretty much every SEC basketball game, if not all of them, are on TV now, especially the conference games, maybe not the non-conference games. Uh, But you've also got more opportunities uh, for Auburn players to be seen. And then you also, I think you've got to think about it this way. You brought it up with Coach Pearl being here now. He is an absolutely wonderful promoter he is one of the best salesmen that i've seen a program have outside of just being a coach but being able to sell his program and granted it doesn't it or it does help that he used to be on espn while he was serving his time for a show clause deal um, so i think he's using those connections his charisma to become a great salesman for Robin. i think you would agree chandler that we are already seeing the dividends being paid very early into his time at auburn 100% agree definitely and I um just to get off topic for just a second I really hope that coach Pearl is does not become the president of Auburn University because that means he has <laughs> left his head basketball coach role but I definitely think that coach Pearl would want and I, in my opinion would be worthy of that president role I don't know if he would be qualified but he would definitely be worthy, in my opinion. I think that's a separate uh, conversation we might be able to have on the network at some point, uh, that, although they may choose their next president by the time we get around to doing it. But I, I agree. You know, we've even tossed around the idea before Alan Green stepped into the role. Would Bruce Pearl, I, we, again, said the same thing that you're saying here about the president role. He's probably not qualified for it, but I think he would do a very good job at it. And I do think that what you see Coach Pearl do with his program here. He can do across the board for a multitude of athletic programs at some point if he wants to be an athletic director. So it's not completely off topic, but I get what you're saying. You're just solidifying the point that he's a great promoter. Uh, But no matter how good he is at this, Auburn still has to find a way to develop players and get them to the next level. So let me throw some history at you for a little bit, Chandler, and just get your take on it in just a few minutes. Uh, 29 picks overall before this draft is what Auburn had in the NBA draft. Their highest picks coming into the draft were a tie at number four overall, at the number four overall pick in different years for Chris Morris and a very familiar name and Chuck Person. Other high-profile picks that Auburn's had in the draft, you know, a certain guy named Charles Barkley, Wesley Pertson, Mike Mitchell, John Mingelt, Chris Porter, 
And then even a guy that's not gone drafted, but found a free agent deal and had a pretty solid career, a long career in the NBA, and Marquise Daniels, who's now on the coaching staff here. Um, a couple other facts for you. The last pick for Auburn to be drafted was Jamison Brewer to the Indiana Pacers, second round at 40th overall, and the last first-round pick was in the year 2000, a very familiar name in Mamadou Njai to the Denver Nuggets at 26th overall, still in the first round. Now, Chandler, if I mentioned the name Mamadou, I think that sounds familiar to you, but do you even remember Jamison Brewer at all? I recognize Jamison Brewer from being in the NBA, but I, did, I actually did not know that he went to Auburn. I think so. it's one of those situations where he was here for a short time. So, but my point is, you didn't even know who in your last pick was. I mean, how crazy is that? That you know, we didn't weren't even aware that we had this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's mind blowing, and I mean, it's just a testament, I think, to uh, once again to Coach Pearl because Auburn basketball under C- Tony Barbie, Jeff Lebo. Who? We don't talk uh, about that name here on this show, Clint. Clint Chandler, excuse me. I'm already getting mixed up here. We don't talk about Tony Barbie on this one. I see. I said it. You got me saying it now. We don't that that other coach. We don't talk about him. Is that is that a curse word on this show? That is a curse um, word. That's right up there with RT. Right. Okay. Well, I will make sure not to say that again. Um, but anyway, continue your point. But but I think it's a testament with uh, coach uh, the clipboard coach at Kentucky now, uh, <laughs> Jeff Lebo. And not to say that these were bad coaches. Well, I mean, the clipboard holder, he's a pretty bad coach. Right. But um, but it's just a testament to how amazing of a program changer Coach Pearl is and how how much he has improved this program, not only as a college program, but as a program that can get picks, that can get kids to the NBA. And I think – um, kids are seeing this now in high school and are wanting to come to Auburn. And we see this by the way Coach Pearl has been able to recruit um, here, here, here of lately. And I think this is also something that Auburn fans need to take to heart. You need to look at how far we have come. 19 years since our last first-round pick. But before we talk about the draft, I know that changes with this draft, but 19 years it took to get another first-round pick. 18 years it took to get just a pick in general again. So we have come from the doldrums of not just SEC basketball, but men's basketball. And the fact that now we make our first appearance back on this stage, not just in the second round, but in the first round, and it took 19 years to do all of this, that's just crazy. And so I think I hope Auburn fans remain appreciative of what Coach Pearl is doing because he's not going to have years like he did this year. He's not going to make the Final Four every year. But I think what he's putting together is a very solid tenured program that's going to pay dividends for himself, for Auburn fans, but ultimately for these players. And that's who he's ultimately here for on uh, his time here at Auburn. So let's not waste any more time and let's get right into the draft and everything else surrounding it. Undrafted players and things like that. There's a couple of names um, that come right off the top when we were talking about NBA draft in your own circles around the water cooler and your message boards. Obviously, Chumo Kiki is numero uno, and we're going to talk a lot about him here in a second. Bryce Brown, again, Jared Harper, Horace Spencer graduating. You know, you all obviously want to talk about what are his chances as well. And then Malik Dunbar, as a senior, gets some discussion as well. So those are the five that we're going to talk about and uh, discuss in more detail. But we have to start 
right at the top and the guy who gets us back with a our first pick in 18 years in Chuma Okiki. He goes 16th overall in the first round to the Orlando Magic. Um, I got to be honest with you, Chandler. I was very skeptical that Chumo Kiki would even get drafted when he first announced that he was going to, obviously because of the injury, um, just because I feel like, yeah, he was hitting his high point in the Final Four and in the rest of the tournament. And I didn't know if that plus his injury um, was enough uh, to kind of counter out, out each other for him to still get drafted. So I'll be honest and just say it right here. I just, you know, I just wasn't believing in him as much as I should have, obviously. Uh, 16th overall, what is your impressions of that? Is, were you surprised by that or were you like, nope, this sounds good to me. This is what I thought all along. I, I mean, I was a little surprised, but at the same time, um, I think Chuma, his ceiling is incredibly high and he is nowhere close to having reached his full potential um, because there was a couple games last year where, I mean, he, I mean, he had 20 points and say 10 or 11 rebounds and it seemed like he was doing it so easy. I mean, I mean, easily. And I just think once Chuma becomes more aggressive and attacks the rim more and just wants the ball more, there is no limit to how good Chuma could be in my opinion, because the man can do it all. He can shoot the three ball. He can rebound the basketball. He can post you up. Um, it's just – and he can, He plays great defense. I mean, his he's limitless when it comes to NBA potential. And I guess based off what you said there, I, I should reiterate what I mean here by my earlier statements is this was not a judgment on was he going to get drafted at some point. I just didn't think it was going to be this high this early. Um, you know, I would have said if he had gotten drafted, if you really pushed me one of the last few picks in the draft. So when I started hearing rumblings that this guy's having conversations in the top 10, but more likely the, in the teens for his overall pick, I was shocked and very pleasantly surprised. And, and even more so when you see that he goes through the Orlando magic, um, an Eastern conference team, which means that in my, just to kind of be selfish here for a minute, I've never been to an NBA game. But I live near Atlanta. I have the Atlanta Hawks in the area. So I would imagine there's going to be a few opportunities for me to have the Orlando Magic come to town and me be able to attend my first game and actually go there, not to pull for the Hawks or the Magic, but just to be able to support an Auburn basketball player. That's what I'm excited about selfishly is that I can finally go to a game and have a reason to go because I just I've never been able to get into the professional game. I just don't think that they care as much as the college basketball players do. And that may be short-sighted of me, uh, but that's just kind of the general opinion I've had there. But let me ask you this. We know he's got his injury and I actually had a couple of uh, fans for the Orlando magic that I know reach out to me and ask me to tell them about Okiki. They're worried about his injury. What do you think his timetable for returning Dr. Fullman? Give me your prognosis on how quickly you think he's going to return uh, from that injury he had in the final four or excuse me, the sweet 16. Uh, well, the, the prognosis that I've seen is six to eight, six to eight months. So, um, I would expect to see him be ready probably around November, December. Um, so I mean, not at the beginning of next season, but, uh, I mean, 
towards the beginning, but not the very beginning of next season. Um, I would expect him to be pretty much ready and 100%. And I'm really interested to see how he comes back from this injury because, you know, some people come back and are way stronger and others come back and are a little more timid and just not near as aggressive attacking the basket. So that's one thing that I'm interested to see is how Chima comes back from this injury. Yeah, and I think that's a great point to bring up here because let's use a recent example. We had Anthony McLemore have a horrific leg injury two seasons ago at South Carolina. And I think he would admit, even um, even if we were asked him, ask him right now, that his game was affected this season because of having to work back from that type of injury, not just physically, but mentally. Because I can tell you as a former basketball player that having rolled and almost broken my ankle several times just from jumping up and going rebounds, you worry a little bit in the back of your mind every time you come down at a weird angle on those legs the next time. And so it takes a while to get back mentally. So I'm glad that you brought that up, that it's not just a question of can he get himself back into shape and, and keep the talent progressing but it's a matter of can he get back mentally as well, and we do hope that he can. So I'm going to push you to – you really think that he's going to be back a little after December? Yeah, I mean, I I would expect him to be uh, healthy in December or January. But I want to make a a point real quick and that you you mentioned when you said uh, that you have played a little basketball before (laughs) – uh, Kyle, I want you to know that upward upward basketball does okay. not count. So, okay. uh, I just wanted to point that out. Upward, I, I upward, and the NBA are two different leagues. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. How did I know that one was coming into here? Uh, yes. Uh, I, my time at upward was was short, but I I did play a little bit more uh, than those <laughs> upward leagues after that. So thank you very much for that, Chandler. Let's be honest. I can still run circles around you on a basketball court. Although well, many people can. I, <laughs> I mean, I can't even run, Kyle. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people can. And that was a that's a low blow. But You know, there's people right now, they're like, man, he just what, what's so bad about that? He just sounds like he's trash talking. But if they actually knew, you, they would be like, there's some people that are like, oh, Kyle, come on. Um, all right. Anyway, let's move away from that before that we dig ourselves holes even further. Um, Chimo Kiki, I, I really hope that he does have a quicker than usual uh, recovery because I'd love to see him play in this year and again I guess maybe I'm gonna have to be proven wrong again I'm a little bit skeptical will the Orlando Magic play him uh, this season after coming back from that injury but I think that they see his ceiling I think they see what you talked about the talent is there which is why you risk drafting a player with such a bad injury that he's having to come back from so Chimo Kiki is going to be a, a star there and last question on him because we got to get to some other players here Do you think he's one of those players that'll stay in Orlando for a long time, or do you think he's one that might bounce around a little bit? Uh, I I really don't know the answer to that. Um, And, I mean, you know, Kyle, I I usually know everything. Of course. Um, (laughs) I mean, I've only been wrong once before in my life, um, and you know when that was, when I thought I was wrong, but I was actually right. (laughs) But, um, but Kyle, I I really – I really don't know the answer to that. Um, I mean, I would hope uh, I would hope that he would stay in Orlando for a long time, but uh, considering that's pretty close to Auburn, uh, I mean, really the the only other closest team is the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. But um, 
I mean, so I would hope that he would stay in Orlando, but um, I mean, we'll just have to see. You know, it would be good for him to come up to Atlanta back closer to where he's from and especially back to Auburn. And then if, if the NBA really wants to capitalize off a very rabid Auburn basketball fan base right now, they'll find a way to bring him to Atlanta, even if it's just to make Orlando and Atlanta play very, very often and and frequently. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's talk uh, about, I'm going to talk about them in order of like news we got for them. So that this is after the draft, Auburn gets their 16th overall pick in the first round out of Chumo Kiki. And we're waiting on at least one more name, possibly two names to come up in the draft. And they don't. Bryce Brown and Jared Harper. I think if you pushed people, they would say Jared Harper. They were kind of expecting to get drafted. But we didn't even get news about him until first this this first guy. Bryce Brown, after the draft, gets announced as a summer league deal with the Sacramento Kings in a free agency. So Bryce Brown gets his shot. He's the senior who came up completely disregarded nobody wanted him no big programs at least except Auburn Auburn took a chance on him and he made the most of it played it with a chip on his shoulder made himself better every single year and still people are discrediting this guy enough to not draft him and I think I read an article today where he was talking and saying you know seeing those guards that I've played against and the type of players that he wasn't being rude at all to them. He was just saying that I think I'm a completely different guard from them. I think I fit better in some of those teams and the roles that they're looking to fill. So he's using that to motivate himself even further. He's got an even bigger chip on his shoulder now. So um, your thoughts about Bryce Brown getting a Sacramento Kings free agency deal this year. What do you expect out of Bryce? Are we going to see him make the roster? What are your imp- impressions of all that? Um, you know, uh, and I, I'm the pessimist of the group, um, of the two of us. But <laughs> and I just, I really don't see Bryce making an NBA roster. Um, okay. Unfortunately, he's adding just, you to the list right now of people he's proving wrong. Yes, and that's that's 100% fine because if he does make a roster, I want him to call me out on it, um, say that he proved me wrong, but. Um, and I'll be the happiest guy ever that he proved me wrong. But uh, I just don't see him making it because of his inability um, to drive the basketball. I think he plays great defense. He shoots the basketball wonderful. But his and his his game uh, where he can drive to the basket has progressed. But I don't think it is anywhere close to where it needs to be for the NBA. Yeah, you know, this is a very um, driven game in terms of drives to the basket, power moves. Um, You see only a few smaller guards that can shoot the the lights out of the ball. You know, obviously, Steph Curry is one that comes to mind that is just an outstanding shooter and a little bit on the smaller side. So, you know, Steph Curry found a way to make it work over there at Golden State. Who's to say that Bryce Brown can't do the same for Sacramento if he makes the roster after this summer league deal. I here's let me just put it to you this way. I'll be completely honest with you. If we talk about the big three of this conversation, Chuma, Bryce, and Jared, just to be completely honest, I would say that Bryce has the lowest chance of making a roster out of the three of these this season. Uh, but that's not a shot at him. I think he's an outstanding defender. There's no question the guy can just shoot the lights out of the gym. Um, I would agree with you that his driving has been suspect in previous seasons, but that became not such a liability uh, this season. So while I am very hopeful for Bryce Brown to be able to make the roster there in Sacramento, he's got a lot of work to do. 
but that's when Bryce Brown shines is when he actually makes uh, his, his dreams happen. He actually, you know, puts the yep. hard work in the determination and who knows, we might be talking about Bryce Brown as the superstar before Ch- Chumo Kiki, probably not, but maybe so we just, he'll just use this. He's already at, he, as I keep talking and digging myself, all oh, he's adding me to the list right now as well. Um, but let me ask you this about Bryce. So maybe he doesn't make it with the Sacramento Kings. Maybe he goes and plays overseas. Do you think over time Bryce is a player that can find his way to the NBA? I think if Bryce um, continues to shoot the ball like he does and continues to play defense and, like I said, and progresses his game to where he can drive the basketball, um, then yes, I I definitely think he can because he has the stature. He's a 6'2", 6'3", guard. Um, and I mean, it has the ball handling abilities. Um, I just think that's the one part of the game of his game that he lacks, but I definitely think he can progress and, uh, make a roster in the future because I mean, you look at him out of high school, he was a two, a two-star prospect and coach Pearl was the only power five school to offer him, you know? So I definitely think that Bryce can progress and, uh, make an NBA roster in the future, but um, I just don't see it right now, but I do think it's possible in the future. Like we already said, he, his ability to shine when no one else believes in him is outstanding, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, let's talk about Jared Harper. I think this is one of the more interesting ones. Yeah, it was great to celebrate about Chuma, uh, to you know celebrate for Bryce, but kind of wonder about where he's going to actually end up for his professional career. I don't think there's a question that Jared Harper is going to be in the NBA at some point. Um, But the question I have is, first of all, why wasn't it this year already in in the draft? But also, will it be next year after something else happens? I'm kind of I'm being elusive in what I'm trying to say right now purposely, because I think there's a couple of things that we can ask based on how things progress, because. If you had asked me if he didn't get drafted, I was expecting Jared Harper to have a deal on the table immediately after the draft. But Bryce got his deal first, which I found interesting. And what I'm trying to get at here is I'm not so sure that Jared Harper wasn't mulling the idea of was it worth it to play in the summer league and not come back. So let's let's address that first. Um, he doesn't go drafted. He gets a, a deal with the Phoenix Suns, which you know has some history with Auburn already via Charles Barkley. Um, and he's going to play in the summer league, just like Bryce Brown, and has an opportunity to earn a roster spot. So the shot is still there. Now, these rules, Chandler, for how players, can, what they actually can and can't do are very confusing. My understanding is that Jared Harper can come back to the Auburn Tigers and participate next year still. Is that correct? Uh the way I understand it, that is incorrect. Okay. Um, the way I understand it is uh, past, I think it was uh, the May 30th deadline, um, if he kept his name in the NBA draft, then he his eligibility is gone from okay. from Auburn. Um, so I, he will – and I think it is correct that he will 100% not be back next year. And see, to me, that makes more sense. But I think when you've got all these new, well, they can sign an agent technically, they can go this far into the draft, or they can have their name to the certain day. It gets more, you know, people start saying certain things. Well, can he come back, actually? Um, you know, there are always those questions. So if that's the case, I'm going to, you know, you uh, have, have been a guy that I've trusted 
until now. <laughs> so well, I'm going to take well, you at your word. Well, that that's a mistake. <laughs> yes, I know. Trust me. Um, but I'll take you at your word right now. I, I, it does make a lot of sense that Jared Harper would not be able to come back after completely going through the draft process and uh, who knows how many dealings he's had with agents and things like that. So we'll push that to the side. It would have been interesting to have that conversation is can he play the summer league, not like his positioning and decide to come back. But that would be highly too convenient for us as Auburn Tigers. But Jared Harper if I had to ask you, Chandler, why he didn't get drafted, what is the reason for you? Uh, I mean, I, I think it would it would probably be Jared's defense is his weakest part of his game. But they don't play defense in the NBA anyway, so I don't know why <laughs> Thank that's you. a concern. So, um, but I think, um, I mean, I guess it would be his defense would be the reason because Jared can drive the basketball. Jared can shoot the basketball. Jared has great handles, and um, his ability to get to the rim is second to none. Um, so I think it would be his defense and his six foot or six one stature um, kind of limits him um, in terms of the NBA. Um, because most NBA point guards are six three, six four, um, so that would be the the two things that I could point out. You know, there's a, a certain point guard that uh, begs to differ with you about the whole size ratio, and that's Muggsy Bogues. Um, so I, I tend to say that when people start making the size argument um, that you can't be successful, I'm like, oh, there's a couple of things that prove you wrong there. But you know, tend to it tends to be a league with bigger built guys, even at the point guard position and i would say just looking at jared while he's way more in shape and stronger than i'll ever be um he's still probably not the type of physique that most point guards in the nba fit at this moment now i would compare him a lot to steph curry i think they're comparable in size and stature and their type of of build so i think he can be successful where he's at now so i I would say that i think people are still kind of looking at the dude and saying you just feel a little bit too small. I, I actually disagree with you a little bit. I thought his defense was outstanding at times. I mean, at times, most of the time. Um, so I do think that most pl- teams were looking at him and just saying, I just don't see it happening. But again, this is another case where an Auburn player can take the the disappointment and the incorrect assumptions about their game, uh, the type of player they are, and use it to motivate them to become an even better player. So I do hope that's what Jared is able to do here. But it's kind of cool, isn't it, that he gets to go to the Phoenix Suns where Charles Barkley had some time spent there. And I, I really think that's kind of – you got to think the Phoenix Suns were kind of looking at that and say, well, if we're going to have a free agent here, let's go, at least go get the Auburn guy and we can kind of have that legacy feel. It does kind of feel cool, doesn't it? It does. And, um, and the one thing I want to say about Jared Harper is – um, second to Chuma, um, because I feel like Chuma's ceiling is out the roof. Um, but I feel like Jared, Jared's ceiling is pretty close. I feel like he has, um, a great amount of potential and could be very successful in the NBA. Um, if he gets in the right system and gets with the right team, um, I think he could be very successful. Yeah. I don't think there's a, a limit, uh, to his potential at this moment. Um, it just means he needs a, a team to give him a shot. And Phoenix has at least given him opportunity to earn his way through the summer free agency deals. He'll play in the summer league just like Bryce. 
Um, who knows? We might be talking about this in a few months where Chuma, Bryce, and Jared are all in the NBA together. It is the first time that a trio of Tigers were eligible for the draft and had a legitimate shot to be drafted. So that was a pretty cool in and of itself. But we're very proud of those three guys and them being in the conversation the entire night. And I, I think it says something, not just when Auburn fans are clamoring on Twitter saying, you're telling me this guy is better than Jared Harper or this guy is better shooter than Bryce Brown. It says something when national pundits are advocating for Bryce Brown to be taken over this guard for Jared Harper to be ad- advocating to be taken over this point guard. I was very proud of that. And so for that, I have to say that even though they didn't get selected, they should take um, you know great pride in being able to turn the heads of some people that probably just put them out to pasture, so to speak, especially Bryce, who was as number two or a two-star guard coming out of high school. Uh, but congratulations to Chuma. Congratulations to Bryce and Jared for their NBA Summer League deals. We're going to be watching the NBA very thoroughly this next season to see how this goes for them. So let's shift our gears over to two other players that, uh, one, we're going to be definitely talking about some professional basketball, but one's up in the air at this moment. Um, Horace Spencer. Now, Chandler, if you know anything about me, and I hope you do, which means you actually listened to Clint and I's show, you did listen, right? Yes, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. You would never not listen to Clint and I talk about basketball. Um, But Horace Spencer is my favorite player of the last four years and might quite possibly be my favorite player of all time for Auburn basketball. Uh, The guy who shows the most heart um, is one who wins me over. That's why I'm a huge Cody Burns fan, and that's why I'm a huge Horace Spencer fan. I think we could all sit here and say that Horace Spencer, while very talented, was not the most talented player to ever come through Auburn, but I don't think there's many other players that you could question that utilize their talent and their passion whenever they were called upon and in the most effective ways. Horace was an energy guy that found a way to contribute and use the skills that he had and not only that, found a way to use his passion to drive his team to be more successful. And, you know, I always have that image of that blood running down his face after being slammed to the ground and him just getting up and keeping playing. So that was a, an amazing thing for him. So Horace Spencer, now Chandler, you know, we love our comedy here on the show. So I'm going to have the good old country bumping you are try to pronounce the team uh, that signed him out of Argentina. So the floor is yours. Could you tell me who signed Horace Spencer? Um, the Atenas Cordoba. <laughs> I think, One more time. One more time. <laughs> I don't know if I said that like the, uh, in Espanol, but the Atenas Cordoba. <laughs> the second time wasn't as bad, but the, I don't know. The first time it was like, well, yeah, the, the first time I got a little hung up on that. E, the, the first jumped e up and bit you, didn't it? Atenas, Atenas, but, um, Atenas Cordoba, um, don't hurt out yourself. Of, out of Argentina, is oh. who he signed with. So, yes, um, congratulations um, think, to Horace on that. Yeah, so it, it's great that he's gotten a deal. We've seen a lot of other Auburn players get overseas deal. A lot of them go over to Europe. I, I, I can't think of a player that we've had go to South America, specifically Argentina, which has produced great basketball players um, in quite some time. So I was very intrigued when he got selected by a team out of Argentina. 
Um, you know, he's got a son named Avery that he had while he was in college. And he's talked a lot about how that changed him, not just as a player, but as a person. And one of the, his first quotes after Auburn lost the final four is, well, what's next for you? He's like, I got to go get a job for my son. Now that necessarily mean he was going to go down to the you know grocery store and start working there. He was talking about trying to make a team. And I think this is where it's pretty interesting where you got a guy who's very self-aware that understands that he's not highly sought after in the NBA right now, even though he's a, he's got a good frame, he could fill out a little bit more and, and be a very solid uh, small forward or maybe even a power forward someday in the NBA. Um, I think he looks at himself and he says, yeah, I'll, I'll make myself eligible for the NBA draft, but I'm focusing over here at where I can get paid the most quickly and in the most amount. And he goes to Argentina. So I commend him for uh, being very self-aware and uh, knowing where he needed to put his, his time and energy where he can provide for his family the best. So I'm excited, even though we can't watch Argentinian basketball Chandler, I'm excited for Horace Spencer and uh, what that means for him, for his program. So what are your thoughts on Horace Spencer getting this chance down in Argentina? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's great for Horace. Like you said, his son. Um, And I really think that Horace could be an impact player um, on a team defensively because his shot blocking ability um, and his his rebounding has increased incredibly over the past four seasons. So I'm excited for Horace, and um, we all know that. Um, I mean, you can't deny this that Horace Spencer um, he's become a three point threat. I mean, <laughs> he is a incredible three point shooter, and uh. Uh, I think the only better ending. Um, I think it was to the Kentucky game, the Elite Eight game, was um, I told my dad is if Horace would have made that three in regulation to win the game, um, then I think that would have made him, um, that would have put him at like one for uh, one for 67 from behind the three-point line for the season. Um, so that would have been inc- incredible stats. And um, <laughs> just, but I'm, I'm uh, really, I'm actually, um, I'm proud of Horace and, um, really happy for the guy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic for him just to see a player like him that I'm very fond of get an opportunity on any professional level, much less uh, just going out and getting a real job like the rest of us. Uh, you know, not that playing in the NBA is not a real job. I just I think the stuff that you and I would dream of, and the fact that he's getting the opportunity uh, to do that down in Argentina is incredible. So let, let's take this one step further. Do we see Horace Spencer in the NBA? However long it takes, your opinion. No. And why? Uh, he just oh, – I, I love Horace, but – You're struggling with this, aren't you? Um, I, I don't want to diss, diss Horace, but Horace doesn't really have any of the qualities of a, of a big man in the NBA. Um, and because, like, um, the NBA is progressing and – um, to a different league and the big men are starting to need to be able to shoot the three ball as well yeah. and I know I just bragged incredibly about horses three-point shooting but <laughs> it still it still has a little work to go you know so, just a little um but I just I don't ever see Horace making it the NBA um I mean he's and w- part of it is you could put him on a team as like a defensive specialist but in the NBA um he really wouldn't be a defensive specialist because he's only six eight, and I mean his best 
his best attribute is his sh- is his shot blocking ability, and he would probably need to progress to six eleven or seven foot to be an effective shot blocker in the NBA. I, I do agree with you that he falls into an an area where he doesn't really fit a power forward, a small forward of the NBA. Um, I think he was very versatile uh, in college ball uh, because there are still a lot of different levels of play there. Uh, but I, I do think you're you're right. The big guys got to shoot now in the NBA. I mean, you know, Dirk Nowitzki is up there throwing out. Well, he was. He just retired. Uh, three pointers every night is a seven footer or near seven footer. I mean, so you know, Horace, I think uh, that's an area of his game that definitely would be his detriment. So I would tend to agree with you. I don't see him getting to the NBA in his future. But again, I hope he jots our names down and uses us as fuel to maybe prove everybody wrong and get there someday. But I think he can have a long and fulfilling career there in Argentina's, and I'll try to embarrass myself as well at Atinas Cordoba, if that sounded correct. How did that sound, Chandler? Well, I can tell you that was way less country than mine. Atinas is what you were you were like you were trying to bring your Hispanic accent into that, but you just could not do that. No, I when you combine country and Spanish, it's a it's a rough combination. <laughs> Chandler, the last player that we have to talk about here in conversations about whether they'll be playing professionally in basketball resides with Malik Dunbar. Now here's Here's the interesting thing here is, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong or if this was just a rumor. There was word that Malik Dunbar was trying out practicing or somehow working out for NFL teams. Did you hear these rumors or do you have any confirmation of that story? I I can confirm that. Um, I don't know about teams, but Malik Dunbar did work out with the Baltimore Ravens um, to for a tight end position. Um, I have not heard, I've not heard any more about that or an update, but I do know that he did work out with them. You know, it's one thing for a player who played two different sports in college to decide to surprise you and go with another one. You know, we'll look at Kyler Murray. I think a lot of people thought he might continue with baseball after winning the Heisman, but he chooses to keep it with football there. Malik Dunbar (laughs) didn't play football at all at Auburn. I'm sure Coach Malzahn would have found a spot for him, as talented of an athlete as he was and tenacious as he was. Uh, But Malik Dunbar and professional football, do you you see a future in that, Chandler? Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) No reservations? No, there. I I do not see any way because I mean the man has not played. I mean competitive football for the last five or six years. I mean I would guess the last time he played was high school. So I just I don't see how you can go from cold turkey to NFL, um, like just like that. But uh, who knows? I mean Malik may surprise us. Well, here's the thing, and I think you can kind of take this as a sign that he understands where he is at in his chances to play basketball professionally. doesn't take anything away from Malik's time at his his other university and here at Auburn when he came here to play. Um, He was an outstanding basketball player for us and and at times was an essential – he was always an essential part of the team, but essential to keeping Auburn from losing their heads. Sometimes he was a high energy guy like Horace as well, that found ways to insert himself in situations and bring his team back from the brink of disaster. Uh, even earning the starting spot by the end of the year, 
Um, so I thought that Malik surprised a lot of people with how good he ended up being here at Auburn. But I think you can look at this and say a guy that hasn't played football professionally is looking to play there first. Unless I'm missing something, I think he kind of understands that his opportunities are going to be few and far between. Um, his opportunities to play basketball professionally are high greater than you and I ever will, Chandler. Uh, but, you know, I think that's the next question, Chandler. Will we ever see Malik Dunbar play basketball professionally on any level? What do you think about that? I'm saying, I mean, I think that there is potential um, for Malik to play um, overseas or in South America um, somewhere. But I I do not see him ever making the NBA. But I do think there is potential for him to play um, somewhere overseas, like I said. And I actually think that his potential is probably greater than Horace Spencer's. Um, Interesting. Just because Malik has far, far more athletic ability. I wouldn't disagree with you on his athletic ability. Uh, he, he's a guy that utilizes uh, his body type, and I think the most appropriate way, whereas Horace is kind of stuck between um, the big man height and body structure, but he's a lot skinnier and lankier than he probably would want to be f- to play that type of role. Um, so I, I would agree with you there. I don't know that I can let you disparage my boy Horace Spencer and say he's completely less talented than Malik Dunbar, though, because, I mean, he did just get himself a deal over the Atinas Cordoba. So, um, you know, congrats <laughs> to him. Did you like that? I threw I threw out the accent for you. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I liked it. Yes, yes. So, anyway, Malik Dunbar, um, we're still up in the air as of this uh, recording this podcast. We don't know what his chances are of playing professionally football or professionally basketball are. We hope for the best. And if we are hearing news of him getting an opportunity in either of those areas, we're going to celebrate that with him. And we'll count. I guess we'll do we count that as a win for the football team, the football program, if Malik Dunbar gets a football um, opportunity? Absolutely not. The way I your mean, voice inflected there, I thought you were actually going to say yes, and I was like, "How is he going to spin this?" The credit, the credit goes one hundred percent to Bruce Pearl, and I mean, if Jarrett Stidham turns out to be the next Tom Brady, I think Bruce Pearl still needs to get the credit. Okay, that's that's an interesting kind of couple angles to take there. We don't have the time to go through your logic for that. Under so we're gonna we'll, we'll save that for no huddle. They can talk about that on the football show, trying to trace that how you can get that to Bruce Pearl for Jarrett Stidham. Uh, anyway, so that is your five guys that we were gonna discuss uh, in the NBA draft, professional basketball. Jumo Kiki, sixteenth overall, the Orlando Magic. Bryce Brown, summer league deal with the Sacramento Kings. Jared Harper, summer summer league deal with the Phoenix Suns. Horace Spencer, let's see if I can't butcher it one last time. Atinez Cordoba in Argentina, he gets a deal. Malik Dunbar, who knows? <laughs> we will find out later. So to close out the show, Chandler, let's talk about the future. It's been all about the NBA draft and professional basketball and Auburn basketball as it looks right now. Which of the players that we discussed right here do you think we'll have the best career in the NBA or internationally? Who do you think when everything is said and done, we're going to be talking about this group of five is going to have the best professional basketball career. Are you ready for my, are you ready for a hot take from me? Oh, bring me a hot take every day and twice on Sunday. Chuma Okiki will end up going down 
as a better player or as the best Auburn basketball player there ever was, even better than Sir Charles. I think Sir Charles would have a few things to say about that if he hears this. So, Sir Charles, you can go find Chandler Fullman. That was not Kyle who said that. (laughs) You know, he can't even give Bo the title of number one guy at Auburn. He's not going to give that to Chumo Kiki. Well, I'm I'm just I'm saying it right now. I think Chuma, uh, well, Chuma has way more potential in my mind than Charles ever had. So I think Chuma has the the potential to be just an incredible NBA player. I think Chuma finds himself in a very good situation with the Orlando Magic, where they're at as a as a um, organization right now. I think they are looking at him. And seeing not maybe not the face of a program, but a guy who can be part of a rebuild, uh, a part of something very special for them. And who knows, maybe he does become the face of the Orlando Magic or someone else. Uh, but I, I would obviously, I think that's the easy answer. Chumo Kiki is the guy you expect. If I had to push and say one other guy, and again, it doesn't have to be NBA, but who do you think, other than Chuma, has the best professional basketball career out of these five guys? Um, I would. I guess probably say Jared, um, just because I think Jared, I think Jared's the whole package. I think Jared doesn't have the height, but I do think, I do think he has the entire package um, needed to play in the NBA. And I think that's a, a smart answer, but there's something about Bryce Brown to me that screams, I'm not done yet, and I still have something to prove. I, I don't know why. I don't think it's going to be with the Sacramento Kings. I think he's a guy that's going to bounce around a lot for his first couple of years, similar to Marquise Daniels. And I think he's going to end up having a long career bouncing around, but a guy that will look back fondly and, and as we do to Marquise Daniels now. I mean, you probably can't name me a few teams that he was on and can't name more than a handful of times. You actually saw him on SportsCenter, but we know he was there and we know the type of career that he had there long and was able to maintain himself there. So um, I hope for all of these guys, they have great success. But uh, Chuma, I think we're all looking at as the superstar and where everybody else falls is kind of up in the air at this point. So the next question I have for you then, can Auburn as a basketball program maintain a constant stream to the NBA draft as they stand right now? Or do you think this is one like a one and done year and it's going to take us a few years to get kind of get to the Kentucky type where they have one or two players that are that are pretty much going to get drafted every year. Where do you see Auburn sitting right now? Are they a constant conversation in the NBA draft, or is it still going to take us a few years? Oh, well, first of all, Kyle, I think that's a, a pretty stupid question because we are – Auburn is a basketball school now. Um, <laughs> so I just want to make that clear. Thank um, you that we are a basketball school. Um, So, but the answer is yes. I think Austin Wiley um, next year, I think, I don't know if it will ever become of anything, but I definitely think Danielle Purifoy has the potential and has the stature to be an NBA star. Um, Isaac Okoro is another name that I've seen on 2020 draft boards um, extremely early. So, just those three names um, are for next year um, potential NBA talent. And then you look at the 2020 um, class that looks like they could be coming to Auburn. 
um, potentially Sharif Cooper. I think he's an NBA talent. I think Walker Kessler, Brandon Boston, all these names that um, Bruce Pearl is recruiting or either on the team all have NBA poten- potential and NBA talent. So I think the, the, the simple answer is yes. Auburn will contain constant talent in the NBA as long as Coach Bruce Pearl is the Auburn basketball coach. You know, I was kind of skeptical of that at first when I saw the amount of talent leaving this year. I thought we might see a lull, um, even with guys like Austin Wiley, uh, guys like um, Isaac Okoro coming in, uh, that we might not see someone there next year because, you know, we saw Austin Wiley after coming back from the scandal and, and his injuries take a bit of a dip this year and trying to find his role again on this team. Um, you know, Isaac Okoro is a great talent that looks to be coming in, but you never know how that's going to go. We've seen that go both ways sometimes. Um, so I, I was a little skeptical, but the more things tend to progress here, I, I do tend to agree with you, Chandler, that we will start seeing Auburn have at least one, if not multiple people in very legitimate conversations, not just for the NBA draft, but to be highly placed in the NBA draft. Chumo Kiki is not just the fluke. I think Chimo Kiki is the beginning of a new era in Auburn basketball that you're going to see and enjoy for quite some time. So Auburn fans, you need to get on this bandwagon. If you haven't, if you haven't gotten this bandwagon yet, there's we're, we're leaving you behind. You need to jump on now. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of seasons for Auburn. So the final question to get us out of here tonight, which current roster basketball player for their Auburn men's basketball will be the highest drafted player in next year's NBA draft? Your answer, sir. Uh, Isaac Okoro. I feel like Isaac is the complete package. Um, even though he's not ever played a game for Auburn yet, he, from what I've seen on tape and film, he is 100% the complete package. And I would, I would expect him to be a one and done. Um, I could be wrong on that, but that is what, that's what I would expect. Uh, my Auburn heart wants you to be wrong on that because I want players to stay more than one year. Uh, but I, I think it's a, something that uh, the fan base is going to have to get used to. The fact that these players might be coming in here, just like Kentucky, and you know, only spending one season with us could become a common occurrence. And it doesn't make them any less of an Auburn family member. Uh, but it, what it does mean is that Auburn is a different program and for the better. Uh, so if we start seeing that, will know that, that Auburn has reached a new potential and a new heights that they have not seen in quite some time, if ever. So if I had to be pushed and say the member that I think might get drafted the highest, I'll take the easy, what probably most people would say the easy answer is Austin Wiley. I do think Isaac Okoro has the potential to be a one and done. But the, again, I think Austin Wiley has a lot left. So we'll see what happens next year and we'll see who was right, you or me, Chandler, because a member, as you say, you've only been wrong once, and that's when you thought you were wrong. Exactly. Um, and, I mean, I'm fully confident in my pick again. Um, I think Isaac will be um, drafted before Austin next year, and I have no problem saying that because, like I said, I've never been wrong. Well, we'll find out if that's true in a year from now. We'll try to get back together and do this again with or without Clint. Uh, maybe he'll – be away on some kind of trip again and you and I can get together and talk about the NBA draft. Hopefully it'd be great if this becomes a yearly occurrence where we have to do an NBA draft show, just like we do an NFL draft show for Auburn football. It would be really great. Kyle, let me just say before um, we head out, I want to say that I've highly enjoyed um, being invited to inside the jungle 
And I all think, right, what do you want? You're digging. You are gold digging for something right now. And I really think that we should put a poll on Twitter um, because I really think that I'm the better co-host than Clint, and I think I should be promoted to to full-time co-host. But I do not um, endorse this message, Clint Richardson. Uh, but I, that's a conversation for another day. But I will say I have highly enjoyed this show, and I uh, I look forward to being invited back next week. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chandler, where can folks find you? Social media, whatever you want to plug right now, the floor is yours. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CFullman30. Um, and you can find all my obnoxious uh, Barner takes on Twitter. And if you want to find me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at TigerEye24. That's all we have for you in this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?